Thank you for listening to the Silver Club Podcast. Here's your host, two-time Walker Cupper and former world amateur number one Steve Scott, and men's golf coach at Yale University and golf historian Colin Sheehan. Hello and welcome to episode number 57 of the Silver Club Podcast. We're giving Colin the week off this week as he gets his Yale Bulldogs ready for the spring season. And we have an amazing guest this week making his PGA Tour Champions debut tomorrow at the Chubb Classic. Rob Labritz has been a longtime PGA Director of Golf at the posh Glen Arbor Golf Club in Bedford Hills, New York. Having been a stalwart in the Met PGA and keeping his game so sharp over the years, that truly helped Rob in his latest conquest to capture one of the coveted five spots at PGA Tour Champions Qualifying School by punctuating it with a sizzling final round 64 en route to medalist honors at the TPC at Tampa Bay. And he'll be battling the likes of major champions like Ernie Els, Freddie Couples, Bernhard Langer, just to name a few. He'll tee off at 8.44 tomorrow morning alongside Michael Allen and Tommy Tolles. Before we get to this great podcast with Rob, though, I just wanted to quickly break down some of the great happenings of the Silver Club Golfing Society, as this is our first event coming up this year. We're playing a classic, exclusive Seth Rainer design in Central Florida. I can't even name it. So it's our annual four-ball event. We call the Orange Cup, and it's a great way to kick off our fourth season now. I can't even believe it. And we'll be bathing in the sunshine and the warmth of Florida for a few days. We've got a lot of other appetizing venues on the docket as well this year, including a Donna Ross gem in Knoxville called Holston Hills. We'll be at Trinity Forest in Dallas in April, and we've got a one-day challenge match there at a nearby Top 100 venue I can't name either. It's so exclusive. We've got a Low Country Boil event in Charleston at a few architecturally significant venues that will leave up to your imagination. And other sites throughout the year include a visit to another Donald Ross classic layout called Wanamoiset, the host of the Northeast Amateur for many, many years, the greatest par 69 that you'll ever play. We've also got some sought-after tee times at Great Sand Valley up in Wisconsin, and we're making our first overseas trip to the home of the Silver Club in Scotland to tee it up in Turnberry, Troon, Prestwick, even a proper day at Muirfield for 36 holes, just name a few. That is going to be a really special venture over the pond. We just love creating these great opportunities for our single-digit handicaps to get together and compete on the world's most compelling and architecturally significant venues by the greatest architects known in the game. I'm happy to connect with you personally about all the great experiences and come to our events and hit shots that matter with all of our great members and enjoy the camaraderie that we share at all of our events. Just head to www.silverclubgs.com on the web and fill out the short info form, and I will get back to you personally. I'm happy to chat with you. I've been chatting with people for years now, and it's been really fun to get to meet and get to know everybody from all across the country. We've got 35 states represented in our membership now, and our membership is well over 200, just going into our fourth year. And it's really exciting to see our society continue to grow and prosper. And if you want to see all the fun that we've had in our first three years at the Silver Club, just go to our Instagram or Twitter page at Silver Club Golf. And we're on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. I'd be remiss if I didn't thank our sponsors of the Silver Club, Turtleson. 
Andy Plate and his team help provide our society with some of the best apparel out there. Their logos are detailed and their customer service is unmatched. They've created some special event logos for us that really help each event shine too. Hop on Turtleson.com and get a feel for all the great stuff they have to offer. Putfew Books. Get to know all the carries over the bunkers, the run-out distances off the tee, as well as better understanding of all the green surfaces and contours. If you want that detail, the Putt View book is for you. They're doing some custom green book covers for us for our major events, and they've turned out amazing. Go to puttviewbooks.com SCGS and save $20 on your next order. Two Under, the inventors of the Joey Pouch and makers of the softest underwear on the planet, if you own a pair, you know what I mean. Go to 2under.com and enter Silver Club 20 at checkout to save 20% on your next order. And finally, Torch Eyewear. Lewis Wellen and his great team at Torch have designed an amazing array of eyewear that not only looks stylish, it protects your eyes from all the harmful rays when you're out grinding away on the practice tee or maybe on your boat out in the sun, wherever you visit outdoors. Hop on TorchEyewear.com and check out the sweet shades to get you styling next time you are out and about. And they do prescriptions, too. Okay, without further ado, let's get to our podcast this week with Rob Labritz, the newly minted PGA Tour Champions player that I personally think will win at least once this year. He's just that good, that focused, and that determined. You have to listen to what Rob does to prepare for events and how he blocks out all the distractions, just like he did at the TPC at Tampa Bay en route to winning the PGA Tour Champions Qualifying School. We can't wait to watch him this week at the Chubb Classic in Naples as well as throughout the year. He will be all over the place on the PGA Tour Champions. Now keep in mind, this podcast was recorded a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I didn't really want to bug him during his maiden voyage on the Champions Tour. I'm sure you can understand that. Okay, let's get to our podcast. Everybody, welcome back. Episode 57 of the Silver Club Podcast. And we've got a guy who is right in the mix of everything that is golf right now. Rob Labritz, you are the man and you are with us here on the podcast. What is up? Steve, how are you, buddy? Uh, yeah, I'm taking a couple days uh, down here in Orlando with my family. I get to see my wife and daughters for the first time in a couple weeks. So uh, totally excited to see them. They're coming in tonight. And um you know, we got a few days to just uh, chill out, be practicing over here at the Four Seasons, but all good. How are you? Well, no, life is great, but this is not about me. This is about you and everything. You have blown up the golfing world, uh, not even just in the on the senior circuit. I think the whole golfing world is blown up because of you. Uh, you were back. You joined us on episode 42. You talked to us about all your exciting things you're doing, playing the PGA Championship, and now you have qualified for the PGA Tour champions, not only qualified, you whooped them all, took the top spot, number one at the TPC of Tampa Bay down there back in December. Twitter and the social media world was abuzz with it all. Have you come down from cloud nine? I mean, is this like, like what cloud are you on right now? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm still on, I don't know, cloud 57 by now. I've counted a lot of clouds. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just preparing for a couple more weeks. I, uh, you know, the first event starts off at the Chubb in Naples and I've been just grinding away, you know, getting the game in shape and, uh, getting the body in shape again, even more and, uh, getting ready to compete in a couple weeks. Well, well, I have to say to all our listeners, you know, we scheduled this podcast at a certain time and you said, 
we want to do it early. Let's do this early because you're all about getting up early and working hard on your game. <laughs> Have you done anything different body wise? Getting you know, there's such a there's a big kind of piece of the pie, we'll say, of of all pieces of the pie to get yourself ready and prepared for competition. When you get that that moment and you have all those things come together, I mean, your fitness, your mental game, and your tournament game, I mean, you're just not the typical club pro, I think is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, the typical club pro, um, I am your typical club pro. I mean, I, you know, I'm a director of golf at a high-end facility. It's a great spot. Um, but I also have, uh, I have this ability to play the game and, um, you know, they, uh, you know, my owners and the members and the team uh, are just totally ecstatic with, with me just putting more time into getting the game sharp and seeing what I can do out there this year. So, uh, yeah, it's really, we've been doing two days in the gym. Uh, you know, I'm 50, so I do a lot of stretching now and, and, uh, minimal, you know, weightlifting and, the beginning of January, I kind of, I lifted pretty hard to kind of get some mass on me and, you know, slowed me down. Like it always does when you lift hard and it takes a couple of weeks for your speed to come back, but um, yeah, ready to go. I'm, I'm, I'm at my fight weight, 180 pounds, ready to go. Awesome. <laughs> awesome fight. I don't have been 180 in a while for me, but uh, I guess that's too many cookies over the holidays. Uh, you don't eat too oh, many cookies. So out. But no, uh, I, I know your, your trainer, Curtis Jackson, you have touted him for many years of everything explain some of the things that you guys do, you know, what you've done really since you took that title at, uh, at Tampa Bay. And now you're going to be jumping on the PGA tour champions here very shortly. Yeah. You know, we do a lot of functional training. Um, we do a lot of stretching. Uh, we do a lot of, uh, keep my body strong at its weakest points. Uh, we do a lot of Viper work. We do a lot of mobility work. Uh, a lot of lower body work. Um, Viper. And, what's, you know, Viper? Just, what's Viper work? A Viper. Yeah. V-I-P-R. Go take a look at that. It is the coolest thing. It's a cylinder. It's a weighted cylinder. You can chuck it around, do all sorts of stuff. It is an awesome workout. V-I-P-R. If anybody wants to check it out, it's it's pretty awesome. All right. I'm writing that down. I'm writing that yeah, down. Yeah, right. That's a good one. But uh, <laughs> I mean, come in different weights. But uh, you're 50 years old now. And talk to us about how your flexibility, just flexibility alone, forget strength. And I know there's all sorts of components that go into the fitness, but the flexibility in particular, how much have you done and what age did you start that? And what, you know, how much does that benefit you for helping create speed? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I started basically working out in, you know, a little bit before 2005, but 2005 really when I, when I started working out, you know, with a purpose sort of thing, you know, and, and just made it a, made it a, a part of my routine. The stretching is just super important for me. Um, you know, as you get older, you get tighter, uh, as you know, you're not, you're not 50 yet, <laughs> but, uh, when you get older, you get tighter. I mean, it's just a, a way of, uh, as you get older, it just happens. So, you know, I've, I've maintained my strength, uh, and, um, I've maintained my cardio and I've also maintained my flexibility. I've been stretching for, oh, I don't know, since 2005, I do it once or twice a day. You know, I can, I stay nice and limber and, and knock on wood, you know, we, uh, we haven't had any major injuries yet. So, uh, the stretching really does help. And, uh, you know, when I have the off weeks, I'll throw a little bit of weight around just to kind of get a little stronger. But, you know, when, when you do throw weight around you, I, I personally lose speed for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, when I lose speed, I lose distance, I'll lose 10 or 12 yards off my driver. And then as I stretch more and more, I'll get that speed back. So you gotta be careful with how you work out. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's that's a big part of it. Uh, and, and to 
to dial that all into your day that you've had up to this point, you know, director golf at Glen Arbor, the Met PGA section, I've got to send a shout out to the Met PGA for everything that they've done to really develop uh, everybody's game up there. Really the good, the, yeah. some of the best tournaments I was fortunate, uh, well, unfortunate to be on the losing end of, of your uh, winning ways a few times, but uh, well, you Met- were also on the winning end of those ways too, sometimes. So let's, yeah, uh, you know. very, <laughs> very on. rarely, but, uh, <laughs> I learned a lot from guys like you and, and I, I just, I gotta, I gotta send a shout out to you personally for way back. And, and I don't know if I've told the, uh, the broadcasting world this, but way back in 2005, you and I met and you helped me get into the PGA program and help me kind of start, you know, we get that monster binder of 300 pages and you're looking through it and, you know, you don't know way which, which way is up and which way is down. And, and, you know, you sat with me personally for three hours. I mean, we sat at uh, Fox club or where, or one of the clubs up Martin there. Downs. Martin Downs. Martin Downs. That's Downs, right. Yeah. We yeah, sat sure. in the locker room and went over this thing for like three hours. And, mm-hmm. you know, you had, you know, you. I think you were on your way up to Glen Arbor soon after that, and you're such a giver. I guess is is my point. And how did you have that mentality? Because I know you've not only helped people, you know, with the PGA program like myself. I mean, you've helped people with their games, and you continue to do so. And you want to help people learn. Where'd that come from? Oh, God, I don't know. It's just inside of me. I, I love helping people. I love helping people with something I know, which is golf and advice uh, from the from the 50 years I've been on. I I got pretty logical the last 15 or 20 years so I can help people kind of sort through their stuff. But um, my mom was always a big helper. She kind of held our family together and maybe I learned it from her. And, um, you know, I'm just, uh, I love to share the, the word of golf. I love to do stuff like this. And if I can make anybody's golf game better, uh, I mean, that's the PGA pro in me. Uh, I've got to start channeling that champions tour guy in me and maybe be a little bit more selfish, <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't know if that's ever going to come out. We're just going to go out there and have a great time. Yes, you are. Now, how many events are you eligible for all of the open events or like where, where do you sit in the pecking order having won on the, on the qualifying tournament? Yeah. So I get in most of the events. Um, you know, I just got an invitation to the Insperity. Uh, and I, I'll get into most of the other events. I wasn't in, in the Mitsubishi one in, in um, Hawaii. I guess that was for the winners of last two seasons. Next year. Next uh, year. Hopefully, next year. Hopefully yeah. we get there next year. Uh, so anything really I'm eligible for, I've signed up for everything. Uh, and, you know, we're going to kind of take the year as it goes. I, you know, I haven't played full time since 2005. So I don't know how many weeks in a row will, will be good for me or how many weeks will be bad. But, um, you know, we're just going to kind of see how it goes. Uh, we have three weeks to start off starting the third week in February. We go from Florida, Tucson to Newport beach, and then I'll have a few weeks off after that. So the first three weeks will be a, a sort of a telltale and see how, how I handle it with, you know, the working out and eating and, and playing and doing programs and all that stuff. It's just all new, you know, so I got to find the, uh, the Avenue, so to speak. Yeah. Up until really the end of April, looking at the schedule here, uh, the, the schedule is a little bit, uh, you know, hit or miss, but, you know, towards the end of April, you go to or go to Texas for a couple events, and then and then TPC Sugarloaf in Georgia. You'll want to qualify for a few majors that you have a chance to. What what's it going to yeah. take for you to get into the region's tradition, the Senior PGA Championship? Because I know you've had to give up your A four status as a director mm-hmm. of golf, and now you're an A three tour player. How, how does that kind of play itself into Senior PGA, Senior Open, all those things? Yeah. Uh, so I, am still in a four. I'll be in a four until I peg it, you know, the first week in, in, the, in uh, Naples, uh, I'm still in the senior PGA championship. 
they're going to honor that uh, for qualifying last year. Oh, great. Uh, I won't be able to play in the uh, National Club Pro, unfortunately, because I will be in A3 at that time. Which uh, is, no, nobody's going to want you there. No, no, nobody's well, going to want you there. We want you to we want you to go out. You're going to win the senior PGA. I mean, you know, forget the club pros. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, yeah, I appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, we're going to try to qualify for the senior uh, open and, and the senior British. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I mean, like I said, I think I'm in the asperity already. I'm in the senior PGA championship. And I think there's one other um, that I have to, that I'm in, but um, I got to take a look at the schedule. That's a, that's a senior, few months senior away. Senior players, so. you're probably having Senior players. Day. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, well, I think I'm in that guy. Yeah, so it should be a lot of fun. A lot of, a lot of great golf courses and probably most that you haven't played maybe ever in your life. So, yeah. you know, maybe there's a few yeah. you have, but uh, probably more will will be brand new to you. Talking yeah. about that, uh, the green books and the lack thereof of the ability for the players who have played several years out there on the PGA Tour Champions, the fact that, that they can't use any green books anymore. How much do you think that will play into how you feel like you'll compete with them? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. I don't know how many guys actually use the green books. I know when I use the green books, uh, you know, I'm a good putter, but when I started using the green books, I almost relied on it a little bit too much. It kind of, it kind of got me a little bit off my feel a little bit. It's nice to see where the breaks are, but I, you know, I gotta be honest. It's not always right. <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> you hit putter, it says it's going left to right. It goes the other way. You're like, yeah. oh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, the one thing that I'm going to, the drawbacks that, that I'm going to have is obviously I haven't played all these uh, courses like the guys who have played out there for years. So, you know, that's going to be a challenge. Um, but, uh, we'll get out there on the Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and, and play the pro-ams and just, you know, do my due diligence and get in there and, and see what we can do. Like anything, you know, I didn't see, I didn't see Buckhorn before I played. Uh, I went two rounds there before the tournament. I shot 15 under and the same thing with Tampa Bay. You know, I, I played two rounds there and shot 17 under. So, you know, I can, I can familiarize myself with the golf courses. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's going to be cool to, to not play from 7,500 yards. Yeah. Right. 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 No kidding. Well, the hole is the same size on every course that you play. So I guess that's the good, I, I thought they made it bigger on that's the champions. The, well, no. I mean, well, the way you put, you see the hole looks like a peach basket, but let's get into that. You talked about the T- TPC Tampa Bay. We've got to get into that event and, and the emotions that you played from, you know, round one, all the way, take us through the first three rounds, maybe a little quickly. And then I want to dive into that, to that final round. And, and because, you know, this, this podcast is not only about sharing great stories with people that make up the fabric of the game, like you, but they're about, it's about learning. It's about getting really inside the stories and, 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 you know, there's a lot of players who are very good players that listen to this and, and we want, we want them to learn from guys like you. So take us through the first three rounds, sort of how you're feeling, what you're shooting. And then that final day, we'll, we'll dive into it a little deeper. Yeah. I mean, I got off to a good start. I think I shot five, you know, five or six under the first round, 65 or 66. It was a par 71. Um, and I, I, anytime you can get off to that nice start, as you know, it's, it's a, it, it just helps because you feel like you're already gaining ground on the field. Right. Uh, the second day was a windy day, uh, pretty windy. And I shot even par that day Didn't strike the ball. Great. Did some mirror work that night. Um, you know, kind of worked on my setup when the wind gets a little bit blowy, my, my setup gets a little off. Mm-hmm. Uh, like everybody does, you know, you start leaning left, which changes how the club hits the ground. Uh, and then, uh, Thursday or the, the third round just had a good salad, another good salad, uh, I think four or five under something like that. Uh, and you know, all week, you know, as a, as a player, I was extremely nervous, mm-hmm. uh, extremely nervous. I mean, I, I, I haven't been this, this nervous in any major championship, uh, ever. 
Uh, and then I got to this week and it was like, whoa. <laughs> so, um, you know, going into that final round, I was a wreck. Well, know, so yeah. so you, you were on a podcast <laughs> recently that I listened to where you spoke and, and how you overcome these nerves and you get into those 40 seconds of hitting the golf mm-hmm. shot. What what do those 40 seconds really consist of? Because, you know, everybody's got their idea what they want to do, but your 40 seconds, I guarantee you, they're the same every single time. What what do your 40 mm-hmm. seconds consist of? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. It, it, it's really just me focusing in on the shot. Um, everybody else has hit their shot. Now it's my turn. You know, I, I've got up there, I've checked the live, seen the, I've seen the lay of the turf, I've seen the grass, I've seen the dew, whatever it is that your lie gives you, you know, you're, you've seen so many shots, you kind of go over it in your brain and you, and you make all these little uh, adjustments, as you know, depending on the wind and the downhill, uphill, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but once you, once you get into that and you see the shot and you go through it and you see, you visualize what you want to do, where the flag is, whether you want to cut it in there, draw it in there, hit a high, hit it low, whatever you're trying to do. Um, once you get into that shot and you step over it, your brain is clear and you hit the shot wherever it goes. Okay. You've already done your due diligence, wherever it goes, you, you don't worry about it. That's, that's the hardest part. And it was the hardest part for me to, to kind of grasp as I went through this process, I knew it was something I needed to do. Um, and it was, uh, just not reacting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I try not to get emotionally, you know, up or down at all out there. Uh, and that was the best way I, I, over the last, you know, you know, 30 years I've tried to. So, um, it's more of like the 40 seconds I focus in, I put all my power into that shot, all my power into the thought process going into that shot. And then, you know, once I hit the shot, it's over with wherever it lands, I can then click my brain off. And I'll talk to my caddy, talk to Todd, talk to you, talk, whatever it is to just kind of, you know, relax yourself because you've got to do another 40 second shot. And, and, you know, in golf, it, it takes, it takes all your focus to hit that one good shot. Like you need to. So, so you're um, telling me when you hit it a foot from the hole or whether you hit it 40 feet from the hole or miss the green, like you're, you just click it off. I click it off. Yeah. Cause I don't want to react to something being close. I don't want to react to something being off because regardless of what, where the ball is, I've got to play another shot. Yep. They're not going to give me another shot. So <laughs> I have to play it. So why don't I, you know, I'll take that time and that effort and put it into the next shot rather than what I just did, because you can't control anything that you just did. So you can control what you're going to do and you can control how you're going to prepare for that. Mm-hmm. And if you can prepare yourself to the best of your ability and keep yourself nice and calm, you're going to do well. Well, so in a learning mode, I guess, I guess having our listeners say, you, you read the lie first. The lie dictates kind of everything. That's kind of what I heard. Yeah, the lie is, you know, sure, it dictates what kind of club you're going to hit. You know, uh, if you're going to hit, you know, you might, you might have a lie that you can't do a full swing on. It might be an indebted, could be sitting down, could have mud on it, whatever it is. You just got to go ahead and assess it, look at it. And then once you, uh, once you made up your mind, your determination, you just got to stick with it and, and pull it off. And then wherever it goes, it goes. You, you can't second guess yourself after it's over with. Right. Very, very true. That's, that's, it's definitely something that you, you have to practice just like the full swing. The mind game is uh, supremely important. Well, going into that final round, you know, you needed a great day, maybe not a great day, but a solid day. The top five is really, that's the, that's the, one of the goals, right? And then if you can oh, win yeah. the thing, that's, that's kind of the <laughs> ultimate goal. Cause the difference between fifth and sixth, for those who don't know, the difference between fifth and sixth is, is, is like a monster Canyon in between those, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's, uh, you know, yeah, because a couple of guys, Alan Moore and Mark Brown, all those guys finished sixth. 
and they've got to go, you know, they get into the month the Tuesday qualifiers, they skip the pre-qual, but it's like, you gotta go through the qualifiers. Qualifiers are hard, as you know, I mean, you've got to shoot under par, you got to shoot five, 600 to get into the event. And then once you get in the event, you got to play well, top 10 to get into the next week. So, you know, it's, it, the qualifying process is hard. There's so many talented guys out there. I think of Mark Brown, I think of Alan Moore, and I think of, you know, all the guys that Mark Milky, all those guys that are right there on six, and they, they all can play. They're all mm-hmm. great players. So if they get into a fields, they're going to, they're going to make a, da- they're going to make some damage, you know, yeah, without question, without question. Well, okay. We're in the final round now and you know, we're, we're getting to that point, kind of the end of the front nine. I think you were treading maybe one under two, like you were, you were started off solidly, but then you, you, you went on a tear starting, hmm. I think at number seven, uh, talk to us about that and, and where your mind was. And did you even know, like, or did you get it? Were you in such a zone in this one stretch? Talk, talk us through that stretch. Yeah, the zone, I guess I was in the zone because I was so focused on each one of my shots. I, you know, the, I understood the, the importance of not messing up, so to speak, right? <laughs> um, it's one of those things where I, I mean, I really focused hard and, and my playing partners, uh, David Branshaw and Tong Chai JD, uh, were playing great as well. Uh, you know, David had a little blunder on nine. I think he made triple with the first bad shot I saw him hit in the six rounds that I played with him. Mm-hmm. He, he pulled some sort of iron left of the green, hit into hazard, made triple. Um, you know, and I made birdie on that hole. So that was kind of like a big swing there. I birdied eight and nine. And then he ended up birdieing the next six holes in a row. <laughs> so I guess while, while, he was, while he was making those birdies, I mean, maybe I was just trying to stay with him or whatever it was. But I birdied, you know, seven you know, or six or five or six birdies myself in those next five or six holes. So wow. I stood on the 16th tee and I just remember um, I turned to Todd and, and you know, Todd. And I said, yeah. uh, Todd, where do we stand? It's the first time I actually asked, I didn't know. And he said, um, he said, you're, uh, you're playing well. He goes, you're 17 under. Uh, and I looked at him and I, I just, I, I didn't, I was like, really? <laughs> I said, we were 17 under? And he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, you're seven under today. And I, I honest to God, Steve, I, I had no idea. I knew I was making birdies, but wow. I didn't know I was seven. So, uh, you know, after, and I said immediately, I said, okay, well, where's fifth place? I want to know where fifth place is. And he goes, you got three. So I was like, oh, okay. I got three shots. I'm seven under. I got three shots to fifth place. I'm like, I got to play good these next three holes. And I was like, wow. I said, I got I to gotta make some birdies and pars. He goes, no, you've got a three-shot lead. He goes, you're, you're like nine clear of fifth spot. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so, so that actually, you know, freed me up a little bit more. And, and just, you know, again, I got in my 40 seconds and just, yeah. you know, made some shots, made some nice shots. So. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty tremendous. You come down to the last hole. You know that, you know, you just keep it out of the water down the right. That's a tough finishing hole there at, at TPC Tampa Bay. That's a tough finish there. Lots of one swing, double bogeys kind of waiting to happen. you you play your way around that. You putt out, and what's what's the first thought that went through your mind when you putted out? Well, we did it. <laughs> we, we we did it. I won. I mean, the first thought after I made the putt was all those rushing thoughts of we won. We're playing the Champions Tour. I got to call my wife. I got to make sure my game's in shape. I got to get spot. I mean, it was just like a, woof. and then all my friends were there, and it was just uh, you know, it was a hug fest. And, um, you know, then it was just, uh, you know, we celebrated into the night <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, you know, recovered the next morning <laughs> and then, uh, you know, got to work the next day. So, uh, the, the, the moment was sweet, Steve, it, I waited for this moment a long time and, uh, you know, it, it, 
it just, it hit every emotion in my body because I worked so hard for it. And for it to like really come to fruition that way was, uh, oh man, I mean, I, I, I was, my wife would just look at me and smile and, and she just put her arm around it. She's like, you did it. You know, I can't, you know, we both couldn't believe it, but we, <laughs> we did. And, and we're going to go out there and, and play a bunch of events and, and start making a name for ourselves. I hear you say it's something that you've, you've just visualized for so long. You visualized making that phone call to your wife. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that is, that's such, it's such a detailed way to look at it. And, uh, not too many people in life that get to live out their dream like you you just did in front of everybody on social media. I mean, you're you're uh, you're you're going to be uh, out there on the major networks everywhere. Uh, it's it's really really special. Uh, you mentioned one guy who's super important to you. His name is Todd Todd Luigi. Uh, he has yeah. caddied for you for so long in the Mets section. Uh, he even caddied for me. Uh, once uh, when yeah. you when you were yeah, exempt yeah. from a qualifier for the U.S. Open, so uh, but and and we had a lot of success too. But how important is your relationship with Todd, and how excited are both of you to be able, you know, longtime friends, to be able to go out and fulfill what you've tried to do for so long and wanted to do? Yeah, Todd's really cultivated his um, his caddying, uh, you know, prowess, so to speak. He's uh, you know, he's, he's always on time. He's, um, he's always good with the numbers. He's, he's learned a lot in the past 12 years, uh, that we've been together and we still have some learning to do. We both do. Um, but yeah, to have him on the bag and, and, you know, he, we're so comfortable with each other. There was a lot of pressure in those last two weeks. And, and, um, you know, I, I can at times, even though I have the 40 seconds, you know, I can be not hard on him, but I'm, I'm very, I can't say demanding, but I just want to, I want to do things right. So if there's mistakes that get made or anything, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very quick to forgive, but it's like, you know, we don't want those mistakes and he's very good at not making mistakes. Um, he's just a good, a good guy. He works hard. He, he's trying to get his craft even better. He's, you know, going to aim point classes and, and he's a good player himself. So uh, if we can get out there and just start feeling comfortable, I hope he feels comfortable out there. I think uh, will be a, a nice uh, duo to to contend with. Are you going to give him the cart? Or are you taking the cart? Or what's you know we get we get a card on the PGA Tour Champions now. Look, you're about as fit. Uh, not you're not going to be able to see this through the podcast, but uh, <laughs> you are you are as fit as anybody who's 50 years old. I'll just throw that out. So, uh, are you going to be walking? Is he? How are you guys going to do that? I don't know. You know, it's a good question. I, I don't know yet. I, you know, it's like, it's like jumping in the pool. Is the pool warm? Is it cold? I haven't jumped in the pool yet. So, um, I, you know, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to walk, I guess, in the first couple just to see. I'm, I mean, three rounds, you know, I, I can do it. I, but I want to see what the rest of the guys are doing too. If there's, if there's two riders and one walker, I mean, eh, you know, it's kind of, I don't think most of the guys actually ride out there though. Uh, I think, I think a lot of them walk. Uh, and then, you know, the guys who ride, I mean, they ride, it is what it is. You're able to. So <laughs> if it's a hot day or, you know, whatever it is, you know, maybe I will take a car, but you know, right now I'm planning on walking. Yeah. You might get a few hilly courses out there. Uh, sure. you know, that's, uh, well, you'll, you'll play it by ear, right? That's, uh, that's, that's exactly. the good thing. That's the good thing. But, uh, all right, a couple more questions and then you're going to go and yeah, you've got to go work out right now. So, um, <laughs> family wise, I know this is, uh, you know, a bit of a shakeup with the family going to be on the road a heck of a lot more. Uh, how yeah. are they going to be involved in, in what you're doing? You've got, you've got all sorts of ages in your family, right? You've got 18 <laughs> year old Matthias and, uh, in college and, you know, he'll jump out there from time to time. And you've got, you've got two little ones as well. 
Yeah, that's the hard part. Yeah, that's the hard part because there, you know, I got an eight-year-old and a, and a one-year-old. I mean, my nineteen-year-old Matthias, he's in school. You know, he's he's living his dream as a freshman, and you know, he doesn't want dad to call him. But he, you know, we talk to, we talk to each other a couple days uh, a week. And but my my daughters are are the hard mm-hmm. the hard ones because they're you know uh, you know I'm I'm daddy's I'm I'm daddy, so uh, they miss dad. You know, they my 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 eight-year-old especially. Yeah. Um, this is dad. And then my one-year-old, you know, she's, she's seeing me through FaceTime now. So, but they're coming in tonight. I haven't seen them in a few weeks. They're coming oh, to the hotel tonight. They right. got delayed. Uh, so I'm pumped to see them. They should be arriving around nine 30. Cool. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. And then they're going to come out on the road with me when, um, you know, when uh, school ends because sure. Ryan's in third grade. So, yeah. Well, that's yeah, the good news about, good to about the early part of the season, not being, you know, six, seven, eight weeks in a row or something like that. That's, that's probably the good news with that. And, uh, yeah. you kind of, break your way into it and uh and be just fine uh well the kids need to go to college right so we got to get college funds <laughs> yeah. set up that's super important so uh you being out there yeah. no cuts really no cuts on the champions tour either so that's a good thing i mean you know a lot of money going just to the that, majors a lot of money going to the college fund so uh that's, oh yeah that's great so how many events do you think you could play in a row like like you know in the heat of the summer of how many I mean, what's what's kind of the max you think you've ever played back into your tour days? I mean, we played on the Canadian tour about the same time, and mm-hmm. you know, you played yep. uh, mini tours and whatnot. What's what? I mean, if you were to guesstimate, you know, a amount of weeks in a row that you could literally play and keep focused. I did a three week stint on the Canadian tour, uh, and that was like um, that was when I was a lot younger, uh, and I did, I only had one child. I had Matthias; he was real real little, one or two. But um, I think three weeks is probably the max. Um, you know, I, again, I don't know. I, I don't think there's any four week stints out there. Um, but, uh, I'll, I'll, if there's three weeks in a row, I'll, I'll do it. Cause you know, I, I got to play in events. I'm, I'm not going to ever be fully exempt on the, on the tour. So I've got to play as many events as I can and, and try to retain that card finishing that top 36. So I don't think I'll take many weeks off. Uh, although, although I, I you know, you know, I know that you have to, or else you'll, you get the burnout and, you know, I'm practicing more than I ever have. Yeah. So uh, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, it, it's just going to be an adjustment period. Steve. I, yeah. you know, I, I got to figure this all out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so top. So if you don't, if you don't win, which by the way, if anybody out there wants to go to Vegas and l- wager a few dollars on Rob LaBritz winning this year, I'm going to, I have to do that myself. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it before the season starts. I, I, I think you're going to win at least, at least a couple times myself, but seriously. Um, but uh, I mean, without a win top 36, on the what Charles Schwab cup list or money list or whatever they, uh, yep. they signify yep. why. So, okay. Yep. So all top right. 36 will retain that card for next year and top 50 does as well, but you won't mm-hmm. get in all those events. So 36 right. is the number. All right. All right. Well, shoot. I mean, if you're not in the top 10 by the end of the year, I'm going to, I'm going to eat my pants. All right. Rob. <laughs> we don't want that to happen. I got to play hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, uh, exactly, exactly. You don't want to see that. You don't want to see that. No, no, no. Rob <laughs> Labritz, you are, you have been gracious with your time. Go work out, stay strong, get out there. We cannot wait to see you jump out there on the PGA tour champions and go kick everybody's butt out there. Uh, congrats on all your success and everything to come. Thanks, Steve. Back at you too. I appreciate the time and being on the podcast and good luck in all your endeavors, my man. I like watching you on TV. You are the man. Take care. You too, brother.